Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hey, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Mani Gurashi co-founder at clearlabs.com. Manny, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Richard. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, if you would, can you tell listeners you know, what you do at Clear Labs and what's the goal of the company? You bet. Uh, firstly, thank you so much uh, for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you uh, on this podcast. And uh, I am one of the co-founders of Clear Labs, which is a Silicon Valley technology company that's built a DNA sequencing platform for the food industry to help uh, essentially through DNA testing to uh, reduce the risk of food safety recalls and outbreaks and build a, you know, a stronger and safer food supply. So you, you look at the, the DNA of the food that a company has, um, you know, grown or harvested or produced or created to make sure that uh it doesn't have issues or can you clarify? You bet. That's, that's exactly right. So uh, we've adapted, uh, you know, the latest uh, and most advanced uh, DNA sequencing platforms that are being used in things like clinical research and cancer genomics um, for food safety testing, uh, just because the, the cost of sequencing uh, and the turnaround times have fallen so dramatically, uh, you know, in the last few years, if you, if you think about it, uh, and you remember back to the days of the human genome project, uh, just to put it in perspective, that was a, that, that was a 13 year and $3 billion initiative just to sequence one human genome. And now, you know, we can do human genet- genetic testing for under a thousand dollars a genome today. That's how far the costs have fallen and that will continue to do so. And for food safety testing, you know, that cost has fallen even, you know, way further than that to, you know, tens of dollars a sample and will continue to fall um, even more dramatically uh, in the coming years. And so this technology is going to start to play a bigger and bigger role in um, in applications in food food safety and quality testing, both for, 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 for businesses, you know, for big manufacturers, CPG companies and food retailers who want to build stronger food safety management systems and stronger food quality programs and, and ultimately to consumers as well to ensure that, you know, the food that they're getting is uh, is safe and what it is that they expect it is. Well, why would, uh, you know, I could see pesticides hurting someone. I could see toxins, you know, botulism, that kind of stuff. But why um, why look at the genome of, the, uh, of, of food? How's that going to help? You bet. So, um, uh, you know, where, where DNA testing uh, using next-gen sequencing really comes into the picture for food testing uh, is in a few different areas. So, one, the most obvious area is in the, in the realm of, uh, of pathogen testing. So, these are, you know, the harmful, harmful bugs like uh, E. coli, salmonella, listeria, campylobacter, um, that are, you know, really uh, pose a danger to human health, um, and and the toll is not insignificant. So, you know, each year, uh, you know, the cost of foodborne illness to the U.S. economy is, you know, is roughly, you know, fifty five billion dollars or so, uh, which is which is tremendous if you think about it. Um, you know, forty eight million Americans get sick 
each year in the United States. Uh, you have about 120,000 hospitalizations and 3,000 people die. So, you know, it's not a joke uh, from the perspective of of, uh, of human health, and it takes a you know a tremendous impact both economically and uh, and the health toll each year. Uh, and then certainly there's financial damage to brands, as you can imagine, you know, with a recall event. So the, the average food safety recall, uh, you know, averages around 10 million an incident, but can climb much higher Whoa. than that. And, and yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, and some brands, uh, you know, uh, go through much, much worse. I'm, I'm thinking of the recent Chipotle uh, mm-hmm. I was about uh, to outbreak. Say that, yeah. Exactly. And their stock took a $10 billion hit um, as a result of of that outbreak. So it's pretty devastating. Uh, So pathogens is certainly one critical area. But then you think of other issues like GMOs, which is another hot button topic with uh, with consumers uh, who want greater transparency into the food that they're eating to ensure that you know, products are in fact GMO free, um, and so okay, that's okay. another area. Yeah, that's another area for for DNA testing as well. Okay, so you could actually certify. You uh, is my guess. I mean, so you could be part of the certif- certification process, so a, a food could say non-GMO. That's exactly right. So um, you know, our business model at Clear Labs is we work with. Um, with uh, multinational uh, global food companies, both, uh, you know, manufacturers and CPGs uh, that are manufacturing food products, as well as food retailers uh, who are selling those products to end consumers to help them build stronger safety and quality programs in-house. And so we sell uh, a mix of products at the company, uh, uh, some diagnostic testing products, which uh, they can leverage to help test the food itself and um, better understand exactly what's what's in that food. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the magic all happens through software uh, and they're able to uh, to access uh, the results uh, of the testing data through uh, our software portal and our database uh, and uh, all of the cloud analytics that happen behind that, all the fancy technologies. So, uh, and indeed, they are able to then, you know, uh, build stronger safety programs, but also to certify that certain pr- uh, certain products are, in fact, uh, what they claim to be, whether that be GMO free or, you know, authentic in the case of, uh, uh, you know, food fraud issues as well. Well, I have, I have a question. What's your perspective on GMO? You know, you're, you, I would guess you have inside knowledge on it. Do you think that genetically modified foods are truly harmful or do you think people may be unreasonably afraid? That's a great question. You know, I, uh, you know, our company uh, takes a fairly uh, neutral stance on that topic. So uh, we don't, we don't come down uh, uh, necessarily for or against uh, GMO foods, but we do, we are big, big advocates in transparency and we do believe that consumers have the right to know uh, that what the, that the food that they're purchasing is in fact uh, genetically modified or 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 um, is GMO free. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, human beings have been modifying uh, crops and foods for for uh, millennia through traditional breeding methods and hybridization methods. Uh, a lot of the the more recent advents of uh, GMO modification technologies. Um, are in many ways uh, a more a sort of faster and more efficient way of doing what we've been doing for many years, 
uh, and uh, some of the latest gene editing technologies like CRISPR-Cas9, which is uh, uh, really an exciting technology and is going to you know, completely transform the way uh, uh, we uh, we do gene editing both in human beings as it comes to uh, correcting uh, problems in the genome that may uh, give rise to, to genetic disorders and diseases. Uh, but that technology is already being used by uh, companies like Monsanto uh, in, in the food industry for uh, creating sort of the next generation of genetically modified crops and seeds. Um, and so, uh, I don't think this problem is going away anytime soon, or this question is going any, uh, away anytime soon. And uh, as we, you know, as the global population starts to really explode, you know, nine billion people uh, by 2050, uh, uh, we're going to have to rely on methods, uh, uh, new methods to to feed a growing population. And, and I think uh, GM GM foods is certainly going to be uh, a big category uh, and piece of that puzzle in the years to come. Okay, very interesting. Um, any particular pathogens uh, you're seeing occur in food more often lately, or um, any particular foods that people should be, you know, make sure to wash or to treat in a certain way to, to you know, even if you know maybe the company that uh, made a particular food, you know, didn't use your lab, and maybe they're not even required to. I don't know, but anything uh, consumers should watch out for. Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we see routinely, uh, you know, pathogens in the in the food supply, and for the most part, uh, the U.S. Uh, U.S. food safety food safety system, both from a regulatory landscape and from uh, food safety programs within uh, private companies and public companies. Um, uh, is very effective in terms of uh, of screening. Um, uh, you know, one of the the limitations uh, technologically uh, in 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 previous years uh, for food safety testing has been that uh, uh, that these technologies are targeted in their approach, meaning that you have to know what it is that you're looking for. So, testing you know a piece of of meat for E. coli or, uh, you know, chicken for, uh, you know, salmonella or a snack bar for gluten, just as examples to give. And really the, the power of next-gen sequencing and the upgrade from the legacy methods is the ability to look blindly into any food sample and to see everything that's there. And so you catch, uh, you know, unexpected threats uh, that could be passing through the supply chain that you might be missing. And so, uh, you know, I wouldn't point to any one specific uh, pathogen for consumers, um, but I will say, you know, we're starting to see, you know, in recent years, um, you know, more recalls of uh, of, uh, of pathogens in kind of unexpected places and unexpected food products. Take like the Bluebell ice cream recall incident or, um, you know, uh, pathogens in, in spices and, and packaged and processed foods. Um, so, uh, you know, this technology, you know, next-gen sequencing that Clear Labs is, is introducing into the market um, is really going to play a big role in helping consumers you know, better, um, uh, you know, have more trust, I should say, <laughs> and for big food companies to build more airtight food safety systems. Um, but I, on the whole, I would say consumers should feel a great deal of uh, of trust in the food supply, but we can always do better. Uh, and uh, and our aim at Clear Labs uh, is to help the industry really bring that recall rate uh, as close to zero as possible. Do you think um, 
any of this will become portable in the near future where, you know, you'll go to a supermarket and there'll be like a little scanner that you could put produce under or uh, put a package under and it'll do some of this testing for you so customers can know for sure that there's no problem. Or is that no a bad question. idea? No question. I think that's exactly where the technology is headed. And, um, you know, uh, we are uh, uh, seeing it already. You know, some some retailers like Target and others are already uh, launching programs using um, a different technology technology method, uh, a spectrometry, uh, you know, a light based method for uh, for scanning food very quickly and uh, getting uh, you know some high level information about that food. Um, uh, next gen sequencing, DNA sequencing is uh, is certainly also moving very quickly towards more portable formats, um, and uh, we're probably five to seven years out from uh, you know mobile mobile sequencers being able to be released uh, into the market where consumers can um, can leverage this technology exactly as you say in a in a retail store environment at home at a restaurant whatever it might be. Um, and that obviously has profound implications for the way that uh, we interact with our food. And uh, and so I think, you know, in this next window of time, uh, it's in the best interest of the food industry uh, and big food brands to, to get out ahead of this technology movement, to adopt the latest uh, technology platforms and to really uh, ensure that their food, uh, food supply is as safe. And as of high quality as is possible, because I think this revolution is inevitable and is coming. Mm. Um, what about, I saw a movie about um, freshness dates. You know, there's no standard. Some says best used by, you know, used by, uh, it expires in this date, et cetera. I've, I've heard there's like 20 different expressions. Um, what about food expiration and when it can be sold until? Are you guys um, working in that arena to, to show people truly when a food is good or not good, you know, to help um, grocery stores and other purveyors save money and not throw things away as much. For sure. So this is a, this is a huge topic in the food industry, you know, specifically uh, shelf life, uh, stability and length, uh, the, the question that you raise and uh, uh, is extremely relevant uh, in certain food categories where, you know, fast perishability is an issue And uh, food brands obviously want to create products that can have as long a shelf life uh, as possible and maintain, you know, that high level of quality throughout um, throughout the uh, the buying cycle process. And so we are absolutely doing work in that area at Clear Labs, uh, and particularly as it relates to the microbiome, which um, you've probably heard about. It's 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 uh, you know a big topic these days in terms of human gut microbiome. Um, and how all of the microflora and bacteria in our human digestive system impact our own health. But there's also the truth that there is a microbiome that exists on the food itself that we ingest and that which interacts with our own uh, human microbiome. And so, um, you know, I, uh, th- this is absolutely relevant to when it, it comes to things like uh, shelf life and stability of products um, where you we, we're seeing that the microbiome of certain longer lasting products vary and digress from those of uh, more quickly perishable products, and so uh, this is this is a, this is a really fascinating area when it comes to uh, creating longer um, lasting products for 
for sale to consumers? And uh, so it's a, it's a great question and, and very relevant. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, you know, I, I think about yogurt and they have, you know, let's say active cultures in there or kefir or kefir or whatever they call it, you know, sauerkraut, things like that. Do, uh, do you, I don't know if you know the answer to this question. Do all foods have uh, bacteria associated with them or is it really just the active culture foods? And, and how have you seen that influences um, a food's characteristics or freshness or shelf life? Yeah, great question. No, all foods do contain their own microbiome signatures um, and bacteria, which are uh, which are growing. So uh, uh, you know they they may not be uh, live and active cultures uh, like those found in uh, in yogurt, for example. But uh, but uh, certainly every every food uh, item does contain its own microbial signature and profile, and uh, that has tremendous um, implications when it comes to things like taste, quality, texture, shelf life, um, and nutrition value. Uh, and uh, so this, this whole emerging market of uh, probiotic and prebiotic-enriched foods and the intersection of, uh, of food and human health is going to be enormous uh, in the coming years. And it's amazing. We're starting to see, you know, big you know, ancient food brands, uh, like take Nestle as an example, uh, start to really rebrand themselves as health and wellness companies versus just food companies. Um, and this is because I think they're doing a, a very smart thing, which is looking, looking into the future and saying that, um, that in fact, this intersection of, uh, of, of food and human health, um, is going to be going to be enormous and that we need to start to change the way we think about food and interact with food and its 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 impact uh, on our own health. Yeah, last couple of questions. So you have a very different perspective than most people do about food because of the work you do. So do you have any advice you can give or insights you can give about food that people normally wouldn't know about? You know, regardless of brand or, you know, just certain kind of foods, oh, I didn't know this or I, you know, I don't know. Any insights you have? Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, it's it's a great question. You know, I since starting Clear Labs, uh, I've learned a tremendous amount about the the food industry, which is an enormous machine, and in many cases, you know, a, a really a miracle of a machine in terms of the volumes and scale of products uh, and largely safe products that it's delivering to consumers every day. Um, so uh, it, it's incredible. Um, in terms of uh, how it's impacted my personal, you know, buying decisions, uh, I, I would say largely, you know, common sense should still dictate, uh, you know, in general, default more towards healthy, nutritious, whole foods, avoid uh, to the extent one can or limit processed and packaged foods from a from a health perspective. Um, you know, I've learned a few interesting facts about uh Higher risk foods like um, uh, fresh cut produce and sprouts and uh, and other kinds of uh, fresh products along those lines as being actually higher risk for uh, containing uh, um, pathogens than uh, some of their more interestingly you know boxed counterparts. Uh, so uh, you know you learn about some in general higher risk product categories that you might not expect. Uh, you know, one would one would think more along the lines of potentially, you know, meat or poultry as being higher risk for those types of things. But um, you know, you, you see uh, you see interesting data along those 
lines. But on the whole, I would say exercise common sense um, and uh, and uh, you know be careful about your kind of cooking and uh, cooking procedures at home uh, and exercise caution along those lines. But on the whole, the U.S. food supply is. Um, is extremely safe, in particular as it relates to other parts of the world, uh, which uh, uh, do not have the advantages and the uh, advanced uh, safety systems that we have here um, at home. Hmm. Okay. Well, very good. So what would be the um, customers for you guys to get? I'm sure you probably get a lot of interest, but um, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is to inform people about the latest and greatest, and also for the companies that come on, you know, if anyone's interested or qualified uh, to f- have a way to reach you. So what's what's the best way for companies or individuals to contact you to engage? And uh, For sure. So thank you so much for uh, for giving us that opportunity. Uh, you know, we, we, we're currently working with uh, some of the world's leading uh, food brands, both on the manufacturing and CPG side, uh, food retailers, and of course, food testing labs, where we license our technology to them to to be able to offer next-gen sequencing uh, testing capabilities to the market. Um, and they can reach us through our website, uh, www.clearlabs.com, um, and uh, uh, connect with us directly that way, uh, as well as call us directly uh, from our contact information uh, on our website. Uh, and uh, we'll get back to a company uh, quickly in terms of next steps. So. Um, uh, please feel free to reach out to us directly. Also, we're on we're on social and uh, would love to interact with uh, with the market that way as well. Okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and um, now I'm hungry. Frankly, <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much, Richard. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for your time and uh, and for hosting us today. It's been a real uh, a real treat. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.